Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms and the second Psalm for the reading of a Psalm this morning. The New Testament tells us that we ought to worship the Lord with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 and Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. So it is our custom to read and to sing a psalm. Psalm 2 is a messianic psalm. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ. I shall not take long with it today. The first and second verses are quoted in Acts chapter 4 at a prayer meeting. And it was part of their prayer. And when they finished their prayer, the place was shaken where they were assembled. Even though the prayer was short, it was powerful because it invoked the prophecy of Psalm 2 and what God would do to His enemies who had come together to throw off His yoke and to deny the Lord Jesus Christ His rightful place as King. The Lord would laugh at them. Verse 4. And then He would speak against them. Verse 5. And then verse 6 and 7 tell us that in spite of their efforts, Jehovah had set His King upon His holy hill of Zion. By prophecy in Psalm 2, historical by 2,000 years to us. Because our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, fulfilling this seventh verse, where the Bible says, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. Those words, though they sound like His virgin birth, are not His virgin birth. They are not His eternal generation, as theologians want to make them. Paul in Acts 13 and Paul in Hebrews 1 tells us plainly in both places these words describe His resurrection and ascension into heaven where He was the firstborn and the first begotten of the dead crowned with glory and honor and sat down as King upon this throne of David at the right hand of the majesty on high. We let the New Testament interpret things for us not commentators. They are wrong. They are dead wrong. And they miss the importance of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ when He was made King of the Holy Hill of Zion by His Father, Almighty God. And then the Father goes on to tell Him in verses 8 and 9 that He would give the heathen to Him for His inheritance. And here we are, brethren, the heathen of the Gentiles, the brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ, were His inheritance. He has saved us by His grace and called us by His Spirit so that we are His and He is ours. Then there's a warning to the kings of the earth, and would to God our president could enter some sanctuary this day and be instructed from these verses. As the kings and judges of the earth are to take notice that there is a Lord and a King over them. And if they are not very careful and serve Him with trembling, they will soon perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. And that happened to the Jewish nation that united their leadership against the Lord Jesus Christ. They were leveled and destroyed by Roman armies. 
in 70 A.D., and it happened to the Romans who nailed him to the cross. Because in 476 A.D., the Visigoths came down out of Europe and destroyed that city and burned it to the ground. May Jesus Christ be praised. He rules the nations with a rod of iron, and He will bring His rod of iron to bear on this nation for its wickedness if we as a nation do not repent. Stand with me and let us read in unison the second psalm. Psalm 2 together. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying... Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. The Lord Jesus Christ is presented in this psalm as a mighty and terrible king against enemies, dashing them in pieces and taking the uttermost parts of the earth for his possession, and ruling with a rod of iron, and God in heaven laughing as they try to oppose his Son, the King, who is our Savior. And so the last sentence of the whole psalm is to comfort us in the face of such a glorious conquering prince, blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. And we want to put our trust in Him today. We want to put our trust in Him for salvation from sin, hell, death, the grave, and the devil, for everlasting life in His presence. We want to put our trust in Him for the future of this nation because there is one higher than the highest in our nation. Much higher than the highest in our nation. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And though we elect certain officials to high office, and though when they travel in the world, 
They may appear as the most powerful of visible monarchs or rulers among the nations. The Lord Jesus Christ allows him to go no further than for his own honor and glory and the benefit of his people. And so we put our trust in him for those affairs as well. I hope that you love this psalm. The heathen raging and the people imagining a vain thing. The Gentiles, the few of them that were involved, and the Jews, rose up against the Lord Jesus Christ and said, We will not have this man to reign over us. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And notice it's in all capitals which is Jehovah, and against His anointed, which is His Son, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. They take counsel together. I hope that you'll remember that Pilate and Herod were political adversaries when it came toward the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they became friends with the common enemy of our Jesus. That night they became friends as Pilate sent Jesus to Herod, and then Herod sent him back to Pilate to do the dirty work of crucifying him. They took counsel together against the Lord. They wanted to cast his bands asunder and cast away his cords. But God, who sits in the heavens, shall laugh. When it comes to our husband, our Lord and our Savior, our brother and our friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is greater than any monarch, or a confederacy, or a conspiracy of any rulers of nations. They are nothing in His sight. And when they get together, whether it be Rockefellers, whether it be Rothschilds, whether it be Bilderbergers, or whether it be anyone else who gathers together in conspiracy against righteousness and the truth of God's Word, the God that sits in the heavens laughs. Thank you, Lord, for comforting us. The Lord shall have them in derision. That is ridiculing, mocking laughter. This is the Bible. I wish it were still preached in America. Then he'll speak unto them in his wrath. These people that thought they could throw off the yoke of righteousness and the ways of God, he would speak in his wrath. God gets angry. You know, all people want to do today is say God is love. God is much more than love. God is love. But God is much more than that. And He is jealous and He is angry for the glory of His name. And He will not let men stand up against Him. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey Him? Ten plagues later, with His royal tunic stained, He was in the midst of the Red Sea. And his chariot was no longer moving so quickly, for its wheels had tumbled off, and those walls of jello looked very unstable as the waters of the Red Sea drowned him and his whole army. Who is the Lord? He is the God that sits in the heavens and laughs at men like you, Pharaoh, for he raised you up for one purpose. You made it through kindergarten and graduated from high school and passed your military induction for one reason only that I would get a name over you by drowning you in the Red Sea. That is Exodus 9, 16, and Romans 9, 17. God said, 
Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. We worship a king this morning. We have a king. We are citizens of a kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our king. He will defend us. He will protect us. He will bless us. He will guide us. He will instruct us. He is our husband, our king, and our friend. Delight in this. Yet, in spite of your efforts, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And then the Lord Jesus Christ in prophecy says, I will declare the decree, the Lord, that is Jehovah, hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And that was fulfilled when Jesus stood, resurrected, and ascended in the presence of God. And John saw a picture of it in the fifth chapter of Revelation when he saw the book in the hand of Almighty God with the seven seals of judgments to be unleashed on this world and there was no man able to open the book in the hands of him that sat on the throne. And he wept. Because included in that book were the blessings of the everlasting covenant upon the people of God. Salvation and eternal life and our eternal inheritance. And then John was comforted and said, Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book. And all of a sudden, John saw as it were a lamb that had been slain, standing in the presence of God. And he went up to him that sat in the throne and took that book out of his hands. And as soon as he took that book into his hands, the 24 elders fell down before him, and the angels joined in chorus. And the four beasts said, Amen, at a song of glorious praise. To the Lord Jesus Christ. What a Savior. Do you see Him by faith this morning? And I hope that you're able to flush the Roman Catholic picture of Him that may have infected your minds and memories. As I saw it so many times in my earlier days. But that is not a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. That is a Roman Catholic caricature of him designed by the devil to shame him. Our Lord Jesus Christ sits glorified on a white horse and the armies of heaven follow him and he makes war against his enemies and the blood that is dripping from his horse is not the blood of redemption but the blood of vengeance as he tramples his enemies under his feet. All this is found in Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And it is entirely consistent with the second psalm because he would break them with a rod of iron in verse 9 and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. A piece of pottery when thrown down on a hard surface dashes, crashes, smashes into many different pieces. And when you look at the geopolitical globe nowadays or when you look at an Olympic opening ceremony There is no empire. There has been no empire since Jesus Christ reigns at the right hand of God. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar saw five world empires. There would be the Babylonian. There would be the Persian. There would be the Greek. There would be the Roman. And there would be that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no other. Since then, he's ruled the nations and dashed them in pieces. They look like a checkerboard or a grandmother's quilt. But there is no empire. Napoleon may have tried to have one. Genghis Khan may have tried to have one. Hitler may have tried to have one. The British Empire might have tried to have one. 
The United States might think they're one, but there's only one. It's the kingdom of Jesus Christ dashing the nations. Now, what is the instruction to political leaders today? Verse 10, be wise now therefore. Therefore means because of what's just gone before in these nine verses, you kings and you judges of the earth had better be careful and be wise and consider that you have a king over you. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. This is how you come into His presence. You're joyful because He wants a happy people for all that He has done for us, but we're trembling because He's a great and a glorious God. A theme lost in most churches today. What's the instruction? Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and ye perish from the way. Do you know what change would come over our nation? If we had a president, a congress, and a supreme court that would get alone in their closet right now and kiss the sun? Because they and we with them, unless the Lord preserves His people in the midst of this Babylon, will perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. And if His wrath is not already kindled against this nation, then, and I speak respectfully and reverently, does He owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology? Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Is your trust in Him this morning? Oh, Lord Jesus, our trust is in Thee for things in time and things in eternity, for things of Thy kingdom and for this kingdom, for it fails before Thee. And we pray that You would have mercy upon us and preserve us in the midst of it. Help us, Lord, to worship Thee this day, to serve Thee with fear, and to rejoice with trembling, to kiss Thee, and for Thou to know that we truly love Thee and will follow Thee anywhere. May Jesus Christ be praised to the honor and glory of God our Father. Amen.